Welcome to Geek Exploration, the podcast. I'm Ben Robinson in the studio with the microphone. And I'm John Williams. Grab your wits, your murder weapons, and get ready to practice your best deductive reasoning. We're talking Clue. Ahoy, ahoy, John. Oh, hello. So, uh, how you been? I've I've been worse, it, and, and and that's a I mean that in a in a good way. <laughs> Means things are getting better. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't be so negative about it. Like one of my coworkers, where like the best feedback you'll ever get from her is, "I don't hate it." And you're like, oh, <laughs> Th- wow. thank you. What a butthole. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, this is uh, this is our first time back doing a full episode in what seems like a really long time. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is tough to to shake the rust off here. Yeah, so let's let's apologize in advance for us being just awful at this. Yeah, whoever was here last <laughs> week for the uh, off-topic debrief, our our first foray back into podcasting after our uh, near month off. Um, I mean, they they probably heard us suck. Then they definitely heard me suck. I didn't have a whole lot to say, and I was fucking exhausted, and um, I didn't even listen to the episode because I was like, I know, like, 20 minutes in, I checked right out. Like, I tried to be there, but I but I, I don't think I succeeded. I mean, that's that's to be expected. Like, when you come back from vacation, you're, you never come back well-rested. Yeah. You always come back fucking haggard and tired and um, bitter that you need to go back to the grind. Yeah, especially when your vacation is work. Yeah, that's true. Like, we weren't resting at all. We're bad at vacations, John. Well, I mean, we weren't taking a fucking vacation. It was a it was a necessary break. I was more busy in the time that we weren't podcasting than I was before. We should take a vacation. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> well, no, because now there's more work to be done. Now we got to get issue number two done yeah. for, uh, for the people already asking about it. I'm excited about that, though. Yeah. That'll I'm, be fun. I'm so fucking stoked so. to start drawing. Uh, but that's not what we're talking about. No. We're talking about uh, the Parker Brothers classic. Clue. Yeah. we. Uh, so we're talking about the board game. We're also going to be talking about the 1985 cult classic film that we got to go see yesterday. Yeah, in a movie theater. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was pretty cool. We took uh, the significant others and and my mother-in-law to uh, to a, a private showing. Yeah, private Clue. watch party, they call yeah. it. Ooh, so fancy. At uh, at a movie theater, and uh, I mean, I guess that's one upside of COVID is it has made those things uh, pretty affordable. Yeah, like you know, you have up to twenty people, and it's a hundred bucks. If you got if you got twenty people together, that's cheaper than going to a movie normally. Yeah, and you get to the place to yourself. You don't have to worry about jerks talking, and if you do, you could feel perfectly okay throwing popcorn at them. You yeah, know them. yeah, I can I can shush them. I can yell, shut the fuck up. I could get up and leave. Yeah. Because it's an old movie anyway. <laughs> but uh, no, that, that was a really good time. That was the first time I'd been in a theater in probably about a year and a half since uh, since Star Wars. Yeah, uh, Rise right? of Skywalker. That was the last flick I saw in the theater. So I was really stoked, even though I feel like it hadn't been that long since I'd seen Clue, because uh, Angelina's a fan of it. I hadn't seen it in probably a decade, as, oh, as is true with nearly every movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a good time. I, I was I was happy to see... 
how many laughs the jokes were getting. You know, because yeah. I've, I've seen that movie so many fucking times, like every other movie that we, that we talk about, that, uh, you know, nothing nothing is new to me. Nothing's fresh anymore. So, you know, it's it, they're, they're kind of tired old jokes to me. But, but it was like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying that other people are enjoying this a lot. But one thing I love about seeing these movies in the theaters is that uh, when you watch it on TV, you miss the little subtle facial expressions and shit. Like, that was one thing that I really enjoyed last night, seeing it on the big screen, was watching, like, people's eyes as they looked at each other and, like, knowing the story really well and knowing how characters interacted with each other. Like, it was interesting watching these characters so big, you know, like, you could actually see that the actors knew what their what their character's story was. Yeah. You know, so when they're meeting each other and you see the way they, like, eye each other that you just don't notice on the TV, um, that, that, was, that was good fun. Seeing Yvette's... Big old boobies on a big old yeah, screen. Big old propped up jiggly boobs. Holy moly. Dancing around at the beginning. <laughs> Colleen Camp, I I kneel at your altar. Whew. Guess I'll just get that one out of the way right there. <laughs> um, yeah. So what do you want to take first? Do you want to take uh, the game or the movie? I mean, let's kick into our first impressions, I guess. Oh, yeah. I think that'll uh, help dictate where we go. I, I had a really, really hard time with this because... My family had the game Clue growing up, but in all honesty, like we didn't really play like by the rules in earnest a whole lot growing up. Like not that I can even really remember. I remember seeing the game board and loving the way it looked and just loving the, the whole aesthetic of the game and like what the point of it, like I understood what the game was, but it wasn't until shit, I was probably like early teens or something but where I have like my first solid memory of playing Clue and like trying to play it right. What were you guys doing with it before if you weren't playing by the rules? I think us kids were us kids were farting around or we or we just never we were a very casual gaming family. So, you know, like trouble was was up our alley or you know uh, parcheesy or something I don't know aggravation. You know, like like games that were that were fairly simple you know so i don't i don't think i mean i mean and maybe it was just that back then i didn't get along with my sisters so we couldn't sit down and and play a game that involved you know we we hardly ever finished a game of monopoly like that that game takes oh, forever yeah that's pretty standard you know, the game of life that was a big game in our in our house but also like uno and shit you know card games that that just cycle through real fast clue does take a little bit of cooperation yeah where, you know, you have to, like, show the other person the card, whereas all those other games are just, like, you against the world. Yes. So, I, I could see that if you didn't get along with your sisters so well that, uh, you know, they just want to uh, kick your ass in a game. Yeah, it's it's just too involved. Um, but the the first time I remember playing it, like, like with solid intent was actually at your house when we oh, were kids. yeah. I remember playing um, back in, like, your, your family's living room when you had that, like, computer cabinet back there. Yeah. The, the, the family computer. Yeah, the yeah. The singular family computer. I remember <laughs> sitting back there and us playing it, and it was the first time where everything made sense and everything unlocked for me. And I don't remember who we were playing with. There, You know, there were a few of us. I don't think your parents were involved. I fucking destroyed it. Like, I actually played <laughs> the game well. And I, and I felt like the smartest fucking person on earth. I figured it out and I won. And that was spoiler alert. The only time I've ever done that in my life. So that was the only time you've won at clue or the only time, like you felt smart. 
<laughs> Take your pick. No, uh, that that was the only time I've ever won at Clue, I believe. Holy shit. Yeah. I mean, I guess I can just skip ahead since it's relevant. I don't know if I have what it takes to be good at Clue because, you know, we were young back then. Like, I went to play with Angelina's family a few years back when we went out to uh, to visit them. And they take it very seriously and they are very cutthroat and they are just ready to fucking lie and fucking trick from the very beginning. And I was like, this is a, this is a different level. I, I can't, I cannot play at this level. I can't compete. How do you, how do you lie in Clue? You like when you, when you go into rooms and you make suggestions and stuff, you suggest like cards that you have in your own hand to throw people oh, okay. off the yeah, scent yeah, and shit. Okay. Yeah. So, I can see that. but they're just doing that from the very beginning. And I'm just like, holy shit. Like this is. Then it kind of undermines your ability to figure new things out as well, I guess. But yeah, especially if everybody's doing it, but I, I don't know. Yeah. It's, That's an interesting strategy. I, I've done it on occasion just to kind of throw people off, but it not with regularity that's for sure yeah like further in once once people are closing in it's like oh, okay i need to start throwing somebody off here because i'm getting close and if i'm getting close somebody else could be getting close but man i just i ended up getting like exhausted by it and made and made a you know went for my accusation biffed it so i just i dropped right out went out had a smoke and fumed <laughs> <laughs> but yeah what about you what was your first impression with the old clue so I remember I picked up probably that same copy of Clue that y you uh, won once at a garage sale when I was in like third grade before I moved to Folsom. Went and found a copy of Clue at a garage sale and picked it up and uh, had no idea how to play it for at least a year or two. And uh, then I, I remember like figuring out what it was and being like, oh, okay, this is like a more interesting version of Guess Who. <laughs> awesome <laughs> guess who also a williams family staple very easy yeah it's like okay so this is cool like you could play this with more than two people and you know it's the same kind of like logic puzzle you know you're saying like okay well it can't be this guy because they have it and then you got to narrow it down to what you think it is mm -hmm. and uh do the thing and uh I, we played it quite a bit like it was uh it wasn't one of like the staples we weren't a huge board game family. Like we played a few, like my mom would always play Scrabble, but otherwise like we had games that we play occasionally. But again, I also didn't get along great with my sister and uh, most games would end in in like arguing before they uh, ended in victory. Oh yeah. <laughs> and so like, it, it took me a while to get into, to get into board games, but uh, Clue was always, you know, was one of the ones I had. It's like that and like a most of a hero quest. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and Clue was so great because, you know, like I said before, like, like the, the way the board looks is fucking awesome. And like, you've got little miniature weapons and, and like all the character cards are interesting. Like, it's just, it's such a, it's such a cool fucking design. I don't know what came first in my life. It's like a chicken and egg thing. Cause like, I love murder mysteries. I know, you know, I, I wasn't born loving murder mysteries, but like, I wonder if, my love for Clue growing up, you know, created a um, proclivity for detective fiction and murder mysteries, or if it was the other way around, where I appreciated Clue more after I got into murder mysteries. But, you know, just the whole, like, you know, mansion full of people and people are getting killed and you have to figure it out thing is, is brilliant. I love that so much. You know, I think because of Clue, I've always wanted to get a surreptitious letter 
and have to go to a mansion for a dinner party where someone gets murdered. Hopefully not me. Totally. <laughs> like, or even just like a, like a murder, like a proper murder mystery dinner. Yeah. Like, you know, the, like the, the, where they, where they have like actors and plants in the crowd and shit. I've always wanted to do that. I've never actually made it happen. I've wanted to do that so bad for so many years. And I'm shocked that I haven't ever made it happen. But I mean, we did do that one on Halloween where it was a, um, set up your own murder mystery dinner party. Yeah. And it was I, all eighties themed. It was fun, but, uh, we were ill prepared. Yeah, and th- that game left a bit, it was just a bit too scripted. It was like, hey, everybody, read your script. Like, there was no actual role play. Like, you couldn't get into your character. Yeah. It was just like, read these things. And it, w- it was very, it was fairly obvious and progressed pretty, uh, there wasn't the mystery. Like, reading off of a script the whole time kind of took the fun out of it. Like, yeah. I, I don't want to perform a little mini play. I want to feel like I'm part of the mystery. Yeah, that's fair. But it was closer than Clue is, so I'll give it that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's take it back to to its earliest days. I I, I ended up doing a uh, looking into the game a little bit more, you know, in, in its origins and its history because I didn't want to just show up and be like, I like the movie. Michael McKeon's funny. <laughs> um. So uh, Clue was invented uh, by a man named Anthony Pratt and his wife during uh, World War II. And they say that uh, that the inception of it was was uh, the result of a humongous amount of boredom. I believe that. I wonder how many board games are going to come out of COVID. No shit. We should have done one. I mean, we still can. It's not over. Yeah, well, I'm still bored occasionally. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I guess uh, Anthony Pratt used to be a um, pianist on like cruise ships and shit. And he would, he would see a lot of people having like dinner parties where they would do murder mysteries like back before world war two. Apparently it was a thing back then. A time machine idea, John, let's go back to like 1938 and go on a, a pre-war cruise ship murder mystery. Fuck. I'm yes. so down for that. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, this was in England and this is like at the height of Agatha Christie's, uh, popularity. Oh yeah. Um, and, uh, so once the war started, he became a factory worker. I think it was in like weapons or munitions factories. And, you know, of course. Sounds about yeah, right. Air raids outside and they're, they're unable to go and do anything fun anymore. Sounds familiar. So they, uh, he and his wife uh, created the board game that they originally called Murder. That's a, it's an apt name. Yeah. And it originally featured 10 characters, including uh, more or less the classic six that we know. But it also had a Mr. Brown, a Mr. Gold, a Miss Gray, and a Mrs. Silver. Ah. Yeah. And it had some more weapons, too. It had, like, a, like a bomb and poison and shit. Well, it's probably got ten weapons, I would imagine, then, too, right? Yeah, I, I, I should hope so. I'd like to play it with ten, char- with ten characters. It sounds like it'd be more interesting that way. I was watching a video, and they, they had, like, like original, like, diagrams and shit from the, uh, from the old game. So... I'm sure you could find a way to make it exist in some form. I know they made like a master's edition or something. I wonder if they like made it harder, like added more characters or something. Oh, wait. I've seen it, but I've never, I've never, I don't know anything about it. I think I did hear that, that there, that there was an expansion where, where they added in four characters. Yeah, that would be cool. Oh yeah. That does sound familiar, but I apparently did not research that well. Um, they, uh, so Let's see. Pratt and his wife went and sold the game to uh, Waddington's. 
that's a very British sounding <laughs> yeah. company name. They were uh, they were the big board game manufacturer back then in Great Britain, and um, and they suggested that they change the name away from Murder because it's a little salacious. Yeah. Um, or oh wait, maybe that was Parker Brothers once it went to the U.S. No, no, because it was yeah, because they changed it to Cluedo in yeah. the uh, in uh, jolly old England. I saw that. Uh, that just sounds dumb. Oh yeah, it sounds stupid as shit. Why add a why Cluedo? Oh, I will tell you why. Is it French? Cluedo. No. It was a uh, it was a mixture of the word clue and Ludo, which was Latin for I play. Well, that's pretty fucking obtuse. Yeah. I I always figured it was like. Hercule Perot. Yeah, yeah. It's Cluedo. Cluedo. <laughs> yeah, I remember hearing about that, I don't know, a year or two ago, that it was Cluedo in in, in uh, Great Britain. I'm like, why the, what the fuck is Cluedo? Like, I imagined it was just some slang term. Like, oh, found yourself a Cluedo there, chap. You know, it's like, <laughs> I don't know. I wonder if they look at ours and be like, Clue, how basic, how, yeah. how lame. Yeah, fucking lazy Yankee pigs. Yeah. <laughs> I bet they don't even speak Latin. Uh, yeah, no shit. <laughs> um, so it it eventually made its way to the U.S. Uh, via Parker Brothers, um, which made a deal with Waddington's to trade the rights for Clue, uh, Clue in the U.S. for Monopoly in Great Britain. So Waddington's got to put out Monopoly out there oh. while Parker Brothers took Clue. Yeah, so they it was very profitable for both of them. Yeah, that's a mutually beneficial ag- arrangement there for sure. Yeah. Did they change it to like Monopado? <laughs> Monopolito? <laughs> oh, man. Um, and that was in uh, 1949 when, when the game came out both in England and uh, America. It was a big year. Um, and in the original game, Colonel Mustard was Colonel Yellow which they changed to mustard because yellow was like cowardly. And then uh, Mr. Green was Reverend Green. But in the oh. U.S., they're like, oh, we don't want to have any any priest scandals or, or whatever, you know, any religious iconography. And one last little note on uh, on Mr. Anthony Pratt. Apparently a few years after the uh, the game made it big with or when he sold it to Waddington's, he sold the uh, the rights to everything and all royalties for 5,000 pounds, which today apparently would be about $175,000, which isn't a bad payday, but that's not millions of dollars. And that's who, that's what he sold it to Waddington's for. Um, I believe so. I I just retain the rights and just license it to him. No, he, he, he sold all rights and royalties for five, for 5,000 pounds. That's a tough game to play. You know, I mean, you don't know if it's going to go anywhere and you know, he's not going to be able to front production fees himself and they may not be interested in licensing something that they, you know, don't know what it is. And it sounded like, like, like the Waddington's deal had already gone through and like clue had already, you know, been released by Waddington's. But he like he sold hit any any uh, any royalty rights he had. Oh, weird. Yeah, because apparently he just had a kid, and he just you know, cash. Just, yeah, I'm sure it worked out well for him. Yeah, Still, I, mean, I mean, not as well as it would have if he'd hang, hung on to it. But you know, when you need cash, you need cash. If somebody came to me tomorrow and said like, "Hey, I'll offer you 175 thousand dollars for the rights to Space Oddities," I would have a hard time saying no. Yeah, right. Especially, yeah, you don't know where it's gonna go. I mean, that's that's a lot more money than. Uh, We've made on it thus far. Yeah, it would really, really <laughs> suck if all of a sudden it became like a multi-billion dollar franchise, but it's like... It'd still be kind of cool, but it wouldn't be as cool as if you still owned it. 
Yeah, I, I would I would have to make sure that whatever I created next with you, of course, would be better than this. Yeah, right? Yeah, we, we'd go around talking shit about how terrible Space Oddities <laughs> is. And how awesome, you know... Star weirdities. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Never mind, I got this one. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, yeah, so that's some history on the game. You know, and and the the mechanics of the game have stayed pretty standard throughout time immemorial or yeah, they since got, then. They got a little weird when Hasbro bought Parker Brothers. Like, I remember they had one that came with, like, guns that you would shoot other players with. What the fuck? Yeah, fuck, what was it called? Uh, I never, I just remember seeing it at the store and being like, that doesn't look anything like clue weird it was uh let me google it real quick it was, it, yeah I, I remember seeing the box it came with four guns like they look like little like nerf guns but i don't know if they actually shot darts or not let me see well i'm i'm pretty sure i have a vhs clue game that but i but i oh really i think i do nice i, I I've, I've heard about those i never played them supposedly it was terrible yeah yeah <laughs> i'm i'm pretty sure i've got one i know i've got like a sherlock holmes uh, VCR mystery game also. Apparently it's also spawned like video games and live action, uh, yeah. like, like live stage plays and, and oh, like, really? Yeah. There, there've been comic books. I, I tried reading one a few years back and it wasn't very good. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah. There was a Genesis version of Clue. Oh yeah. That, uh, I remember playing an emulator of, and it wasn't bad. I mean, it was, a, it was pretty much the board game on Genesis it's like, that's kind of cool. You know, the, I w in one of the videos I was watching while researching, there was there was a computer game, it must have been, that that controlled very much, from what I could tell, like uh, Seventh Guest. You know, where it's like the point and click, or like Mist, you know, where, oh, really? where you click and move through in, in three dimensions. I was like, holy shit, I, I had no idea something like this existed. I would love to play a clue like that. It's still probably not as good as just playing the board game. Probably not. Would yeah. be my guess. Yeah, they would have to change the mechanics of the game in some way to make it that kind of experience. I don't I might just be insane. I, I, I Googled the like clue with guns. I don't see it anywhere. So maybe I'm just losing my mind, but I, I swear to God that, uh, I remember at some point in the store seeing like some kids with nineties haircuts on the front of a box that said clue and it had, it came with like little Nerf guns. All right, folks, here, here's, here's, <laughs> we're really throwing down the, the gauntlet here. Um, if you know anything about this game, please email us at email at geeksplorationpodcast.com. Uh, hit us up on the social medias or call us at 916-ORC-TURD. That is O-R-C-T-U-R-D. Let us know about this mystery, mystery game. Yeah, maybe, maybe I'm just manufacturing things Whoa. in my brain. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, that'd be awesome if it was a fucking Mandela effect. If there were some other people who, who also feel like they remember this from, uh, from childhood, but there's no proof that it exists anywhere. Fuck yeah. That'd be even more interesting. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. And I heard something about there being like a clue TV show at one point, but I've never seen it. And, there, uh, I, I, from what I heard is not good. I haven't seen an entire episode, but I did see that there there was a Cluedo, uh, like game show. Oh, game show would be fun. Yeah. But are you talking about like like a like a live action like fiction narrative thought, yeah, TV so, show? Yeah. Interesting. I couldn't find anything on YouTube. I just found mentions about it. I was like, okay, that looks kind of cool, but I don't know. 
Maybe I just had a fever dream about Clue after watching the movie, and uh, I have no idea. Yeah, you're like, I remember going to a, a store in San Francisco that was all Clue-themed. <laughs> I mean, there's that Clue amusement park, right? <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. It's called the, the <laughs> Acluesement Park. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, well, and then I know, I know in some of the, like, the, the late 90s, early 2000s versions, they changed up the rules a little bit. When games come out and I like know them and learn them, I'm I'm a bit of a purist, and so when they go mucking around with things, uh, usually I dislike it. Yeah, because there there was the the big fucking 2008 um, Hasbro revamping of the of the Clue franchise, and like I, I saw an interview with the with the guy who was responsible for you know the the creative. Uh, juices behind that like turning colonel mustard into a football player and professor plum into a <laughs> into a dot-com millionaire and and you know turning I, I guess they got rid of uh miss white and brought in dr orchid okay yeah yeah i remember that yeah but i i i never i never played that but i mean they were at least saying you know like you know there's there's the 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 basic tenets of clue which is there's a murder you know, there, there are places and there are things and people, and you have to figure out which one it is. And like, you can, and they're, they're like, you could basically change everything as long as you keep those core principles there. And I'm like, I, I don't think you get to speak like that. Like, I, I think your, your experiment was a failure. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it just doesn't, it doesn't feel like, a, like when you think murder mystery, you think big mansion in the twenties, yep. at least I do. Maybe they're trying to make it more relatable to to kids now who yeah. are like, you know, who are these old farts and the conservatory? What the fuck's a conservatory? That that's true. Like I <laughs> I wouldn't know a lot of 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 these terms for rooms in a mansion if it weren't for Clue. Yeah. Like I would have no idea what a fucking conservatory is. I'm still not certain, but <laughs> I I think I've got a decent idea after after the game and the movie, but I mean you know, like, what's the difference between like a lounge and a study and a parlor? I'm like, I don't fucking know. They all they all have bookcases and and bottles of brandy. And one of them you drink brandy, and another one you smoke cigars. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a <laughs> there's a whiskey decanter in one. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So I mean, I can understand them changing it to like garage and uh, spa, but like, that's not the version I want to play. Yeah. Yeah. Like. I, looking at all these different versions, like fucking Star Wars and and Zelda and stuff, it's like that's interesting. Those are characters I like, but I don't know if it translates the same way. Like I've got a Justice League Monopoly. Like I will play that one over regular Monopoly every single fucking time because I love Justice League and like it doesn't it doesn't have you know it doesn't cr- create a different mood when you, when you have different characters and locations in Monopoly. It's just. You know yeah. you want the the blue spaces and uh, and you know fuck your Baltic whatever it is, but with Clue like yeah it's it's very much like I want to play an Agatha Christie book and maybe that's just because we're old fogies and that's what we grew up with. You know? <laughs> yeah, no shit. Get off my lawn, your fucking cell phones and your your Snapchats and TikToks. Oh boy. So I mean the other big aspect of this are are you ready to move on from the game? Yeah, I think so is the aforementioned movie. Yeah, it came out in 1985. Yeah. And had one hell of a cast. Holy shit, you're not kidding. I had forgotten how you knew pretty much everybody in this movie. Like, these were all... If, I don't know if, if I could say they were all big names, but a lot of them be, were and or became bigger names, I guess. They, they were or, all like... 
like I would I would venture to say that they were they were like uh, not standards, but like you knew who they all were. You're like I know all of these people, other than the cook. I don't know who the cook was. Yeah, like none of them were like Robert Redford or Paul Newman yeah, level yeah. stars, but they were all they were all like upcoming, you know, future stalwarts in the in the uh, in the the comedy space. Like Michael McKeon, you know, is coming right off of uh, this is Spinal Tap. Like Tim Curry had already had Rocky Horror Picture Show. Fucking Eileen Brennan had been around for forever. Uh, Leslie Ann Warren, who had just won an Oscar for Victor Victoria. Yeah, and she was in, um, had Apocalypse Now come out yet? She was in that, wasn't she? She was in that. I do not know. I don't know what year that came out. And then, and Madeline Kahn was fucking Madeline Kahn. She was huge. Yeah. She's probably the biggest star in that movie at that time that it came out. Yeah. I mean, and, and from what I, uh, from what I heard, she, apparently with all these brilliant improvisers, apparently there, there was no improvising on set. Which is insane that, uh. You'd put Michael McKeon in a movie, especially after after this is Spinal Tap, yeah. and be like, "Hey, don't say anything funny." Yeah, <laughs> our jokes are way better than whatever you're going to come up with. I got some balls, man. But the the one time that there was improvisation in the movie yeah. was they let me. Oh, okay, sorry. I, I, did I did I just shit on a reveal for you? No, go for it. Okay. Um, yeah, when they let Madeline Kahn improvise the the flames speech. Yeah, which. Is super Madeline Kahn. Yes. Like, that does not surprise me at all. Like that that's the the most on point performance from her from the movie. Yeah. And I mean, we also had fucking Christopher Lloyd, who wasn't yet Doc Brown. Yeah, this is yeah, this is pre Yeah, this is taxi Christopher Lloyd. Oh, that's true. Yeah. And um Martin Mull. Yeah, yeah. Sabrina the Teenage Witch hadn't come out yet. Yeah, or Roseanne. He was that's Leon. True. Yeah, he was totally the Leon yeah. in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Martin Mull's great. They all had great comedic chemistry, I felt. They're all good comedic actors and knew how to play off each other really well. Mm -hmm. So I I guess getting into uh, with a little bit of production, uh, it was written by John Landis. He was trying to write a murder mystery and like wrote the all the murders and stuff, but didn't know how to end it. (laughs) Which I think generally with murder mysteries, I mean, I've never written one, but I think when you start writing it, you should have an idea of how it's going to end so you can drop the breadcrumbs. <laughs> yeah, I, I have heard of, uh, of mystery writers working backwards. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you you know, to be able to drop the hints and the little clues that you can pick up, uh, you, you kind of need to know who done it. Yeah. When you, at least as the writer. <laughs> but he couldn't figure out how to end it. And he ended up uh, bringing in uh, Jonathan Lynch to help him finish the screenplay. Real quick, was it was it Lynch or Lynn? Oh, it's Lynn. You're right. Okay. It is definitely Jonathan Lynn. I know my Jonathans. So Jonathan Lynn was brought in to kind of finish it up, and uh, they kind of came up with the multiple ending gimmick. Yeah. So I guess maybe he didn't know how to end it either. <laughs> <laughs> he, w- he must not have been very confident. Yeah, and when they went to production, Landis was, uh, he was originally going to direct it as well. He was busy directing Spies Like Us, and they didn't want to delay the movie. And so he's just like, hey, Jonathan Lynn, guy that's never directed anything before. You want to direct this movie? In appropriate fashion, he said, yeah, sure, why not? Yeah, of course. I mean, yeah, because I think he had a stage background. Yeah, yeah, I think he'd done theater directing before yeah. that. Uh, which I'm, I've never done either, but I imagine is pr- a bit of a different beast. I would imagine so as well. I think he did a good job. But uh, 
boy, it was fucking panned. Yeah, Siskel and Ebert did not agree with you. No, they, <laughs> it, it was, critics did not like it. It did not do well in theaters. It was, you know, it was a big old flop when it came out. Yeah, it bombed like crazy. They criticized it for, um, you know, having a thin plot and boring characters and, and said the dialogue wasn't good, like, which boggles my mind. Yeah, I, I wish I, I wish I had written down a quote that I, that I read in a couple different spots where they were talking about, like, it seemed like, like the characters were getting cut off right when they were about to say something interesting. Yeah. Or something. It's like, uh, it's like, oh man, I, I didn't see that at all. I saw a couple comments, people saying like, they didn't think they had good chemistry and like, you know, that it was, it was, I think they said like it was an ensemble cast, but you know, the only thing that was ensemble about it was they said the same thing at the same time, a bunch of times. And it's like, I don't know about that at all. I mean, like the, all the characters, I'll give you this. They are all archetypes. Yeah. Like there, there's not a huge amount of depth to any of these characters, but, uh, they're fucking board game pieces. <laughs> I think they're kind of supposed to be archetypes. It helps you get into the characters without actually having to dive into their background at all. Well, and I, I, I think it might be tough for some people if they, you know, one thing that, that stood out to me last night when I, when we were watching it was that there were three of like five dudes, you know, I mean, so like maybe three of the four, not, not counting Wadsworth which were all just like fucking perv city. Like that was, that was like a huge part of their character. They're just like, Hey, want to fuck? You know, like, like they're just, they're looking to, to get their rocks off, whether it's with Miss Scarlet or Yvette or even Mrs. White, you know, like professor Plum and Colonel Mustard, especially were just like, we're, we're fucking thirsty in this flick. Oh yeah. Especially professor Plum. Yeah. And then Mr. Body too. Like when he, you know, he's like lifting up Yvette's skirt and shit. Which, I mean, if, if we're on the subject of characters and actors, that's the one, that's the one standout low point for me is Lee Ving as, uh, as Mr. Body. I, I just, you know, all of his lines were 80 yard, like really badly. Well, he's not an actor. Yeah, I know. Yeah. What, what band was he if the front man? Fear. Fear. Yeah, yeah that's the, right. Yeah. Fucking punk rock band Fear. Yeah. I, I just... That even when I was a little kid, there was something about him that just that stood out as not on the level of the other people. Oh no, yeah, yeah, he's nowhere near it. Thankfully, he dies pretty early in the movie. Yeah, and so. again shortly after. Yeah, <laughs> but you don't have to see him act between the two yeah. at all. <laughs> so even though I said it earlier, I'm I I I have to go back to it. Colleen Camp, like what <laughs> what boom. a what a goddess oh my goodness like i understand now like i mean i've i'm i'm 38 years old i've slobbered over some some beautiful women in movies before but like i feel like watching that movie in the theater last night i feel like i understand now how like my girlfriend feels when she sees like jason momoa shirtless or like chris pine or something she's just in the theater like yep mm-hmm. <laughs> that mm-hmm. does it yeah I'm, I'm just like holy crap there it is you know and angelina was like like, oh man, I, I never noticed all the intricate designs on her dress. I'm like, she's she's wearing a dress. I don't, like, know. I don't know. I still haven't noticed them. Yeah, <laughs> I, I tried, but I I couldn't. Though, although to be fair, that dress does her a few favors. Yeah, yeah. One other thing that that I heard about was that uh, apparently Tim Curry was not the first choice for Wadsworth. That's right. There was some dude who I didn't know who it was, and he died. So whatever, some Fuck guy him. from some TV show. But the one that I found interesting. Was uh, there's like their second or like co first choice was Rowan Atkinson. Yeah, yeah, Mr. Bean himself. 
the Black Adder, who I think uh, I think he would have killed it as well. Like I, like I love Tim Curry's performance in this movie, yeah. And I, they definitely won choosing him, but I think Rowan Atkinson would have fucking killed it. Also, probably would have felt slightly different. Yeah, but uh, that guy's fucking phenomenal. Yeah, it would have had a different energy for sure because Tim Curry is just a weird little grinning gummy friggin' firecracker. I don't know yeah. some some weird roundish British pop rock. I don't. I I can't even think of the words to describe <laughs> it. He's just woo, you know, like he's just a little ball of frenetic energy. He's fucking amazing. I love yeah. Tim Curry. Have you have you seen like him? He's on Twitter now, and he just spends all of his time on there roasting the fuck out of people. Oh, no shit. Like anytime anyone's like, like, is Tim Curry dead? He like replies, be like, yeah, fuck you. <laughs> like just fucking tears him a new ass. It's fucking awesome. Oh, good. Cause the last time I saw him in anything, uh, I can't remember what it was for. Oh, I think it was like when, when they did like a televised, uh, production of the Rocky horror picture show, he played like a narrator or something, you know, somebody who like opened and closed the show, like speaking to the audience, but he was speaking very slow. Like I can't remember what what it is. Like he's he's got some some illnesses or something. I don't know if he had a stroke. Yeah, or, he's wheelchair bound. Yeah, now, yeah. So. He was he was in a chair, and it was it was it bummed me out because I wanted that energy. And it's got to bum him out too that that he can't be that crazy guy anymore. Yeah. But uh, yeah, on that downer. Oh well, I I do have something something else good to say about the movie. I got oh I've got a few more of those. No, yeah, go ahead. No, no, no. I'm ending it right now. <laughs> What's the good the thing last I have good to say? Thing about this movie. <laughs> no, one thing I love about the movie is the fucking soundtrack. Yes, I love that score. The it's it 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 opens up with strings that are almost like like a Hitchcockian. I can't remember who was it. Uh, I want to say Saul Bass, but I feel like that's the designer of Hitchcock movies. But the guy who did the the Psycho strings, but it's got like a yeah, like I when it started up, I was just like, oh yeah, like this feels like home. Seeing seeing it in a theater too, like it was fucking bad, and it's got those little those twinkly little notes. Like I don't know, I love that soundtrack a lot. It, it reminds me a lot, which I think came after it. Well, definitely came after it. Is like like the intro to Tales from the Crypt. Totally. It's kind of a similar vibe to that. Also, the house has a very similar vibe to Tales from the Crypt. <laughs> well, and that's that's a great segue to something else I love about that movie, that fucking set. Yeah, which is shocking because they show the house on the outside, and apparently that's a real house. Yeah. Which is fucking nuts because that, that house is insane. That's like a Wayne Manor or like a, yeah. a X-Men Institute. Absolutely. But uh, it is a beautiful house. And I don't know if it's just because of the circumstances in the movie where it's stormy and scary and whatnot. But, like, I feel like I'd be scared living there. Seems like there's too many places for shadows and question marks to be. Like It's probably built in the 20s, so it probably creaks and makes all kinds of weird noises. And it's certainly haunted. Yeah, yeah. People have died there for sure, right? Yeah. I love that line at the beginning of the movie. You know, where she's like, why is the car stopped? He's like, it's frightened. <laughs> it's like, that's a great line. Oh, but apparently the interior is a set. Yeah. yeah they, like they used the the exterior uh, for the beginning. And then apparently the ballroom was the only other room. Which they used that's... like once. Yeah. To, to do the scene like where she's going behind the curtains. Yeah. But yeah, otherwise they built that whole set, which is, uh, man, it looks fucking great. Yeah. It's fucking slick. Like in a house like that, I imagine it'd be big enough that you could probably film in it with and have plenty of space. 
Who yeah, think? I think I you, if if you're making if you're making a movie based on this game, like you, there there are some very specific parameters you have true. to adhere yeah, you to. You got to kind of have the layout, which is one thing I do really appreciate about the the movie too. Is this is for me, and and probably for uh, any sensible person, the best adaptation of a board game into a movie that I can think of. There's not a huge amount of them. Yeah, what else do we have? You've got that uh, Battleship movie. Oh, never saw it. Uh, which is a pile of butt trash. Yeah, it's Battleship. Yeah. Uh, there was that- uh, Buttleship? We- there was a Ouija board movie. Wait, really? That came out uh, that I saw oh, previews yeah. for. Didn't watch it. Also looked really dumb. Wasn't that like five or six years ago or something? Like the not too distant past? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Somewhere or am I thinking there? of like a Truth or Dare movie? I don't even know. Yeah, does that count as a board game? No. There's not a board involved. I mean, there's there's Mall Madness, the motion picture. <laughs> I mean, that's a, that's a tough thing to make a movie about because most board games don't have any sort of, like, plot to them. I'm kind of surprised they haven't made a kid's movie based on Candyland. Like, you've got villains and, and characters and shit in there. You've got that fucking Count Licorice asshole or whatever his name is. I bet they have. Yeah, I would lay odds that there's there's like an animated Candyland movie or some shit. Yeah, it was like straight to video from, from like, like Family Home Entertainment or something. Yeah, <laughs> made by the people that made Gummy Bears. Yeah, well, that was Disney, man. Oh, okay, no. So made by uh, <laughs> let's say FHE, the same people that put out like the Ninja Turtles uh, uh, cartoons on on VHS. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, but it's that's that's a tough thing to try and adapt because. You've got to try and get the elements. I mean, if you're going to play it off the game, you got to get the elements of the game in there, and you get try. I guess try and make it feel like the game or have the same theme. And they hit they hit all that without making it feel like they're ramming it down your throat. Like they got all the weapons, they got all the rooms. You know, they call out the whole. You know, our job here is to figure out who done it, where they did it, and what they did it with. They they managed to write a a sensible way that all these people have these stupid names. Yeah, yeah, like they they worked they worked it in pretty well. I thought, like when I when I first heard about the battleship movie, I was like, okay, what are you going to do with battleship? Like, Fight in the ocean and call out quadrants that they're going to launch their rockets at. Yeah, launch to a uh, quadrant uh, A six of the Pacific Ocean. And that's pretty much the entire requirement for the movie, though. That's not very interesting. No. Someone's got to say you sunk my battleship at some point, right? Yeah, like otherwise it doesn't count. Yeah, it's like it's like a Monopoly movie where they're just making real estate investments, and you're like, "Oh, somebody's going to go to jail at some point, and they're going to go directly to jail." <laughs> yes, yeah, maybe they'll win a beauty contest at some point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They could have gone like serious, you know, and then they were none murder mystery with it, which could have been kind of cool. But then all of those elements would have seemed really hokey. Yeah. To try and work in in a meaningful way. And so I think taking the, the more lighthearted approach and having it be kind of like a a comedy, I'd, I'd like to say comedy mystery, but I don't know if there's a lot of mystery in this really. Yeah, no. Like you and, can't follow it and like figure it out as you go along. Yeah, yeah. I like how they they worked all that together and made a a, a, a good movie. I don't think anyone else should do that. Like unless you're like got a really good idea. Stay away from board games as a fucking yeah. Oh, I thought you meant clues specifically because there's there's the those rumblings that have been going on for a good decade or so about about revamping Clue. Most recently with Ryan and Reynolds, but even that was a few years ago, where he was talking about like him and his Deadpool writers were talking about uh, 
uh, revamping or, you know, re redo what what the fuck's it called rebarfing yeah no uh, yeah the, not a reboot. remake yeah remaking yeah is, is, that, is that the one yeah i think geez. so yeah whoa come on brain you can do this um which in that case it would most certainly be a comedy it would it almost have to be right yeah. i mean unless unless they wanted to take the serious tact with it and do something completely different but which i mean i would rather see them do if they're gonna do it you know make it a horror movie i don't know if i can know yeah, or at least kill off some of your principal cast, you know, because they wanted to keep all of the, I mean, which I don't blame them for because in, in the, in the board game itself, none of the players are dying. Like Mr. Yeah, Body's dead and you're, yeah. and you're figuring out the murder. Who did it? So in this movie, you know, Mr. Body dies, but they, they wanted to throw in more murders, which I think was great, but they're not going to kill off any of their, any of the principal cast because that doesn't happen in the game. So I, I, I thought it was well done and well thought out in that point. And the way they tied it all together with the, everybody else that was on the periphery that was getting killed were tangentially, you know, uh, connected to, to yeah. the whole conspiracy. Oh, the, uh, the other thing about the, the movie that I meant to mention earlier was uh, part of the reason why it flopped is because each theater got one ending. Yep, the gimmick. They sent it out to theaters where each of them only got one ending, and uh, they wanted you to go see it at multiple times at different theaters. And uh, fuck that. Like, I, w- I would be a little upset at that now. Yeah, you know what's funny is I remember the, f- like, we we grew up with this thing on VHS, and it always had all three endings with the whole, yeah. like, that was interesting, but how about this? Okay, but here's how it really happened. And getting all three endings, and it was always interesting like that, too. Um, and, and like the, the final ending is the most satisfying for sure. Like it is great. Everybody's there. Fucking Mr. Green get, like, I love his turn from like the bumbling nerd into like the confident FBI agent. Yeah. And, and like Michael, Michael McKeon is like a confident dude, you know, he's just like, blah, blah, blah. All of a sudden I have a confident baritone. Whereas the rest, the rest of the time he's like, I had to stop her screaming, you know? Well, that, that's the same ending with Madeline Kahn's thing in it, too, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, like, it is clearly the best one, and I'd feel a little bummed if I got one of the other ones. Also, it makes the movie quite a bit shorter. Yeah. Like, you were taking, what, like 20 minutes out of the movie? Probably. And it's not that long of a movie to start with. Oh, yeah, and, and well, and I remember what I was getting at, that, like, you know, growing up, we always had all three endings, but I remember when I first discovered the whole idea that there was the gimmick, where when it was in theaters, they only got one ending— I thought that was fucking awesome. I thought that was brilliant. I was like, man, what a great marketing ploy or whatever. You know, I don't know. I was probably in my 20s when I found this out. But, but uh, like, I understand now, like, oh, yeah, like that. I get why they thought the gimmick would be good. But yeah, it, it's it, good on paper. Yeah. It, they, they, the movie could not sustain that. And especially getting the reviews that it got is not going to make people, you know, run out and see it. Apparently, audiences didn't really like it either, and I don't know if that was because of the ending thing or just because it's a, it's kind of a cult movie. Yeah, you know where it has a following of people that really like it, kind of like Rocky Horror Picture Show. You know, whereas like if you just went to go see a movie and that was the movie you wanted as a general audience, there's probably a lot of people that aren't going to be into that. Yeah, yeah, I'd be one of them. Yeah, I, I, I get its status, but I'm I'm just yep. I never understood the appeal for Rocky Horror. Too much singing for me, but. Thankfully, I am someone who thinks this movie's funny, so yeah. if you don't, oh well. Yeah, it kind of hit me as we started talking about the movie. I was like, man, I wonder if my first impression 
would actually be like the cover to this movie. Uh, you know, seeing into the video store when I was a kid, cause I rented this a lot. I loved this flick and, uh, that, that cover, they had the, the black one that had like the outline of the mansion and they had oh, like yeah. the characters in the windows and, yep. you know, I think the, uh, the C might've been a, uh, a, uh, magnifying glass or, or a magnifying or a glass, glass somewhere. over it maybe. Yeah. Like, like looking at the C. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, I loved that case and I loved this flick. That's, I mean, that's one of the other cool things about the movie is that it's, it's PG. Yeah. Like it's got some like double entendres and, uh, you know, there's some things there for, you know, alluding to like sexual behavior and whatnot, but, uh, they're subtle enough. They go right over fucking kids' heads. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You can absolutely watch this movie with a small child and they will find a lot of the humor, you know, cause it's got a lot of slapstick. Mm -hmm. So they'll still find something to enjoy in it. Yeah. The candlestick falling on Tim Curry's head and bonking him. Like that was probably what my kid enjoyed the most out of the whole thing. But she also is, is really sketchy about people dying in movies. So, so she was for a little while, she was covering up her face. (laughs) Yeah. It it, it was scaring her. Yeah. She's a little weenie. She's so cute. Yeah. Yeah, or, or the when Wadsworth goes to catch Mrs. Peacock, he's like, "Oh, that's <laughs> he just like slips through his arms and under her legs." Yeah, like I love that. That's solid physical comedy. Yeah, and uh, and all of like the slapping and throwing Mr. Green around, like yeah. that was perfect for Michael McKeon. Yeah, especially back then. Yeah, I don't know. I I I would fully recommend this movie to anyone. Oh yeah, if you haven't seen it, uh, yeah, absolutely go watch it. This is a weird podcast to be listening to. What do you think? You want to take a break? Yeah, I I think it is time. Okay, be right back. Hey, why don't you listen to the Never A Straight Answer podcast? It's the podcast that aims to cover a wide range of topics from conspiracy theories to popular culture and news. I'm your host, Gaz, and joined each week, it's my co-host, Mr. Taylor. Well, hey, we look at strange happenings that go on around your area. And a little segment we like to call, What's Fucked Up Where You're From? Plus, we cover the big topics like cryptids, the Mothman, poltergeist, secret Nazi space programs, UFOs, close encounters, glitches in the Matrix, flat earth, time travel, plus so much more. We even have the occasional guest. Also, we've got international news, global affairs, including space. Space and beyond. So why not check out the Never A Straight Answer podcast? We're available on all podcast platforms from iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast fix. Or you can visit the website at neverastraightanswer.co.uk. I've been Gaz. I've been Taylor. Peace. Out. Welcome back, Ben. Hey, John. You didn't get murdered during the break, I see. It's true. I was kind of looking forward to one of those murder mystery nights. <laughs> yeah, but then you'd just be playing with your family. Yeah, which one killed you? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I think we've good and covered uh, the board game and the motion picture. How about we move into a little structure? It seems like this episode might not be quite as long as our normal ones. Yeah, uh, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. I, this, I was kind of worried that we'd run out of stuff to talk about on this one anyway. So Yeah. This will be a nice, tight, normal podcast length. It might still be, I mean, it'll probably still be way too long for some podcast listeners. Some people want the, you know, half hour max. Yeah, especially folks that don't like Clue. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It'll be way too long for them. You know, should we try one of these days to do like a half hour long episode? I think we did try to do that with the debrief and we generally fail. (laughs) Yeah. Well, let's, let's see if we can find a topic in the future that's like, 
that lends itself to, you know, that, that something in the theme of the topic itself is something fast. Oh, we could do a real fast episode on Sonic the Hedgehog because I don't give a shit about Sonic <laughs> the Hedgehog. Yeah, you were in a Sega kid. I don't know if I could do Sonic that quick. Um, okay, so let's go to uh, favorite use in pop culture. What is yours, Ben? As we say almost every episode, uh, this is a tough one. Yeah. Um, because uh, it is pop culture. I mean, like, I, I want to say the movie. Yeah. Like, clearly, the, the, the movie would be, but we just spent a whole shit ton of time talking about the movie. So I'm going to give you my uh, my runner-up use in pop culture okay. instead. So we have something different to talk about. Second favorite use in pop culture. And uh, and that would be the uh, insane and ridiculous licensed editions of this game that there have been. Oh, shit. Oh, sorry. I did touch on that earlier. For some reason, uh, when you told me you know, to not go into it too much, for some reason I thought you were talking about just like the different iterations throughout time of the core clue game. So I thought you were going to be touching on like a certain version that had like, you know, the retro sixties artwork and stuff. Cause I've got one of those. Oh yeah. That is, that is cool too. Yeah. But, uh, no, it's just like, like looking at the list of some of the different versions of this game that have been made. It is absolutely absurd that as some of the things that there have been like you mentioned the legend of zelda one yeah sorry and star wars which those are i mean those are just kind of cool properties like there's a there's a star wars version of fucking everything you can think of yeah legend of zelda not so much this kind of a weird thing for a murder mystery game yeah uh and, and i guess like the plot of that one is not it's not a murder mystery it's like you're trying to find out who has the object that you need to defeat ganon and where ganon is mm. you know if it'd be like who killed Princess Zelda. Was yeah. it a moblin? <laughs> Which, w- the one thing I noticed about these is a lot of them become not murder mystery games. Oh, okay. They, they do something slightly different. Um, but like some of the, the, the weird ones, there's uh, It, like based on the, the movie It. Oh, They licensed wow. a version of Clue for that, which is bizarre. Uh, the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror, like <sighs> The Ride, which is a great ride, but Oh, I don't know how to to feel about that. Cause, cause at first when you said twilight zone, I was just like, Oh fuck. Yeah. And then you're like tower of terror. I was like, Oh, it's a ride. But then I started thinking like, wait, that ride was really fucking cool and had a cool story and ambiance. Well, and they, and I guess they did theme that one. So like the rooms from the ride are the rooms in the game. Okay. Which is kind of cool. I think I'd play that one. Um, but it's got like, you know, since there's no real characters, in that unless well, it's like who killed rod serling well there there was there was a big backstory i've i've done a deep dive on it before yeah well, about yeah. lord finkelbottom or whatever his name was yeah. who was a hunter and yeah on the box it's got like a bunch of goofy looking disney characters like literally oh. goofy and some other characters and it's like oh that is not what i'm looking for at all oh fuck off and then you've got uh alien versus predator which is <laughs> just a complete mismatch like why the fuck wow how do you tie that into clue i mean i guess you write some rules around it or you know you just kind of theme it around it yeah if you're in like the antarctic uh underground pyramid shit i don't know yeah golden girls version where you have to find out uh who ate the last piece of cheesecake what evidence did they leave and what room did they do it in (laughs) You'd love to play that, wouldn't you? I'd play the shit. You're a Golden Girls fan. I know that. Unfortunately, there's only four of them, so it's got like the two boyfriend dudes in it, too. And then the the really ridiculous ones. There's a chocolate edition one where all of the most of the pieces are made of chocolate. So you can play it once. Yeah, (laughs) or if you you, like leave it in your car too long and all your pieces melt. (laughs) It's just a stupid idea. Yeah. 
uh, a juicy couture version. Snooze. The people that make those pants that say juicy on the butt. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They, and the purses and shit. They made a uh, version of Clue. And my favorite and most ridiculous one, uh, Snap-on Tools. <laughs> <laughs> made a version of Clue. <laughs> what the fuck? Yep, and and take, I love that that's your favorite, too, you being a, uh, a construction man. Yeah, it takes place in, like, a mechanic's garage. Like, one of the murder weapons is a 10-millimeter socket. I don't know how you kill someone with a 10-millimeter socket. I guess, like, choke them with it. Oh, like the socket itself? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, wow. You just put it in their pie and hope they eat quickly? <laughs> 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 but uh, I, I, I just love that uh, people had so many stupid ideas, and uh, Hasbro thought they were all smart. Yeah, I I saw one for like the office. Yeah. Oh yeah. And like of course like Harry Potter. The but, Simpsons uh, had one. I mean, yeah, they, I'm there's sure. Just a fucking boatload of them. If there was a superhero one, I'd totally play it. You know, I don't think I saw a superhero one. Yeah. I think maybe they want to keep their superheroes away from murder, but then again, you can change the story. So. Yeah, fucking Golden Girls did cheesecake. Yeah, Clue Junior. I think has some like baked goods thing as well. We've got one of those. I remember playing that a couple times, uh, but I was not a junior anymore, so yeah, it's not a, as interesting as the regular Clue. I've never played that. We've got like the the normal Clue from like the seventies, I believe, where everything's kind of like painted, looking like photorealistic yeah. painting. And then we've got one of those like anniversary editions that look like it's in a, a book, but but oh, it's, yeah. it's like a super retro version of the game inside. That's where it's got like all the sixties drawings. It looks like. Like old, old, like 60s candy or something, like cartoony drawings. Yeah, I got like the deluxe Monopoly one where it, it, it's, it's on like a really nice board and it's got like, you know, like it still has like wooden pieces and like yeah. really good old stuff. Uh, I wouldn't mind getting one of those for Clue. Yeah, I feel like I had a nicer version of Monopoly when I was a kid and I don't know whatever happened to it. Huh. Oh well. I certainly didn't play it because Monopoly takes entirely too long. I don't have the patience for it. Oh, yeah, I like it, but it's, uh, yeah, it does take a long fucking time. And, like, it's like like the, the first half is so much more exciting, like, collecting and things. And then once it comes down to everything's been bought and you're just chipping away at people and hoping that they're going to land on your shit so, so they'll go bankrupt faster. Yeah, it's only it's, fun if you're winning. Yeah. For everybody else, it's just well, fucking sucks. It's suck. a slog. Uh, Clue, though, is not. No. Yeah, Clue's a nice, quick, fun game. And I, it's, it's a fun casual game. You know, like I said, I, I, I won't, I, I think last time Angelina's family was in town, they suggested playing and I was like, nope, like I'm, I'm, I'm good. Cause I, and, and I know I, I catch a lot of shit because I don't like playing games that I always lose at, but guess what? I don't, you know, uh, fuck you eat shit. I don't, I don't <laughs> like playing games that I always lose at. Like I'm, I'm not going to play a game once. And if I lose, say like, fuck this game forever. But if it's a game that I that I know I can't compete in, like I, it's not fun to play. You know, just same same thing with like, you know, when I'm playing Seen It against Angelina, like I destroy her ninety eight percent of the time. She still loves playing it, so good for her. But you know, for me, like I I don't know. It's it's kind of boring on that yeah. end too. It's got to be a challenge, but a challenge that you think you could you know, win. Yeah. Like, like, uh, our, our buddy, uh, our old buddy, Sean Evans, like I loved playing fighting games with that guy because I think he was always just a little bit better than me, but we were so closely matched that like it could go either way. Yeah. So it was, it was always fun to play against him. 
So, John, uh, what's your favorite use in pop culture? Oh, jeez. Um, okay, so I decided to uh, cheat a little bit and go the other way. It's like... Your least favorite use in pop no, culture? No, it's it's not my, not my favorite use of Clue in pop culture, but it's like my favorite use... My, my favorite pop culture that was used in Clue. Okay, yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah, so I just wanted to... That. I wanted to highlight, uh, you know, what we've touched on a couple times throughout here is the murder mysteries of Agatha Christie. Oh yeah, absolutely. Cause yeah. Cause you could see the influence that Agatha Christie had on this game. Yeah. She was huge back then. Like when they were developing the game, even, um, even so much that like in his early sketches of the house, it looks like almost identical to, um, to a floor plan that was in one of her books. I can't remember. It was murder at, uh, I can't remember the name. It was, from, it was from like nine, the 1920s. Um, oh, maybe it was a mysterious affair at styles. It might've been, but regardless, it was in, you know, in the beginnings of one of the books to set up the, the scene for the book. And, you know, it was basically lifted from that book. And, um, of course the, the whole mansion with people dying, uh, idea from, and then there were none, but I wanted to shout her out because, you know, she, she's not, she's never gotten a lot of press. So I figured, yeah, you know, she's pretty obscure. <laughs> yeah. No, um, Agatha Christie was actually the author that got me into reading. Um, we were seniors in high school. I had never actually finished a book for school that entire time. Like, really? Yeah. Fuck oh, that. for school. Yes. For school. Okay. And okay. not many otherwise either. Like I, I was just not a big reader. I read a lot of comic books, but word books, weren't my thing back then fucking yeah. word books. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know like you you had been reading hitchhiker's guide and shit like yeah. you know since we were kids but i didn't read a whole lot i, I didn't read a whole lot of fucking school books either. yeah most of them sucked yeah they, fuck did, they didn't books. line up with my interests and so uh, and cliff notes existed so yeah. why the fuck would i read the actual book yeah so senior year they uh it was required reading to read and then there were none um also known as 10 little indians and I fucking devoured that book. And again, I'm not sure if it's, if it's because like, if I loved the setting so much because it reminded me of clue and got me into it or what, because you know, I was in, and to this day, I've probably still read more Agatha Christie books than any single other author. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, Raymond Chandler only made like 11 books. Um, Agatha some... Christie pumped out a lot of books. Yeah. She, oh, you know what? I've probably read more no, I don't know if I've read more Bradbury at the, at this point, because I read a shit ton of Poirot novels. I, I didn't read any uh, Miss Marple, really. But yeah, I devoured Agatha Christie novels, and that, that got me into murder mysteries in general. So, you know, Chandler, Hammett, fucking um, Richard Starks, Parker, crime novels, like all of that stuff came from um, Agatha Christie. And oh, we should do an episode on Parker someday. Oh, I'm so down. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that yeah. Would, that would be a solid. I thought about that the other day. I was like, oh, that'd be a fucking Yeah, good I think one. I brought that up a while back because like, I, yeah, I've, I've got, I've got the first several novels. I've got those graphic novels by Darwin Cook. Those are so fucking brilliant. And there's, and there's a few different film adaptations that are either direct or, you know, spiritual successors. Yeah. For the most part, they, they're, they're not direct but they like they are adaptations but like they did a parker movie though didn't they recently? yeah with jason states when it was fucking trash city but yeah there was payback that's for sure yeah there's payback which was great there there was a, a lee marvin one too the uh point blank but i think his name in that it's another one of those things like mel gibson they changed the name to porter you know but but uh i, I can't remember lee marvin's name right now in point blank but i've been wanting to watch that 
porker. (laughs) 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 But yeah, Agatha Christie, I salute you and I love you. Rest in peace. Okay, so how about uh, one word reviews and final thoughts? Yeah, you should go first. I agree. I should, because we are out there on our break, as usual, trying to figure out uh, (laughs) what words to use. And one just hit me out of nowhere, and I started doing a little dance, and I was so stoked, and you were bitter because I came up with one. (laughs) Then I forgot it. You fucking joking? I I don't... <laughs> I I think I did. So I'm gonna go with with a with another one that popped in my head, but I don't think it, it it's the I don't think it's the same one. But I'm gonna go with thrilling. Okay, yeah. Because there is something, you know, exciting about a murder mystery, um, whether it be a, a movie or a game or a book, and then there's also something about taking part in the murder mystery and, and the deduction of it, you know, like we, we read, we read detective novels and murder mysteries and we're like, it's so well-written. And like, I didn't see this coming. These people are so fucking brilliant. Like I would love to think that given all these clues, I could put it together, but I couldn't, but it's fun when you're, when you're actually playing the game and you are doing it, like you are, you are actively conducting a criminal investigation and like, and finding clues and and deducing things like it, it's it it is a thrill and um and then shit like the movies the movies are thrilling whatever you know i don't need to go into detail about that <laughs> yeah, fuck it's, you if you don't yeah, like it it's a thrill it's a theater it's a theatrical experience um so yeah i think thrilling is the right word it it, it encompasses a few different angles on it and didn't buy you a lot of time well, yeah well i got one anyway you son of a bitch um, so I, I I'm going to go with, uh, thoughtful, but not like, as in like, oh, that's so thoughtful. But like, uh, the game is, it's a thinking game, you know, mm-hmm. I, I like, like, I like strategy games and, and this one's not so much a strategy game. It's more of a, you know, it's like a logic puzzle, mm-hmm. which, which are super fun. And I like, you know, being able to like use your brain and, and think your way through it and like, you know chart out like okay well it can't be this guy it must be this it it couldn't be over there i have this and then trying to build some strategy around that but i just like that it's it's the kind of game that uh you could sit down and think your way through and it's not you know luck of the dice it's not a game of chance it's not fucking like uno where you just kind of play yeah which those are fun too, especially it, if you're drinking. Like I don't, I don't drinking clue probably wouldn't be that great. No, I I would probably storm away from that game. Uh, but I, I like thinking games, and uh, Clue's a good one. Yeah, solid. Uh, the movie's not very thoughtful, but it's funny, so I, I forgive it. Yeah, I mean they had to put some thought into it. They did, but you don't when you oh, watch it. Oh yes, yeah, no, <laughs> it's true. Like it, you almost put more thought into it when you're watching it. After knowing what it is, like, like I was saying last night, like watching the characters interact with each other and just being like, oh, okay, yeah, see, like I, like with, uh, with Mrs. Peacock and, uh, and the, the monkey's brains that they're eating, like, you know, you see the scene on the, on the surface, like they put her plate down and she starts like chowing down on it real quick and, and they're all looking at her like, oh, what a rude bitch, you know, like the plates aren't down and she's just chowing down going like, mm, oh, I love this. 
But then, but when you're thinking about it afterwards where you're like, oh fuck, like I know the, the connection that comes later. Like this is very clever that they, that they thought about this ahead of time. You know, there's an exchange of glances between uh, Yvette and Miss Scarlet when they first meet, Yeah, you know, we're like knowing that, you know, Yvette works for Miss Scarlet, you know, outside of the mansion. Like, like you look at that and you're like, oh, those characters know that. Like, like they, they, I'm, I'm really glad that they have those, uh, that they, they did have it well thought out on paper. Yeah. Yeah. They definitely, I mean, they were at least consistent, yeah. which is paramount to a mystery. No, like if you have inconsistencies in your mystery story, it's going to fucking suck. Yeah. Like it's got to have consistency and make sense. Like if it's just a surprise, if it's like an M night Shyamalan ending where it just comes out of fucking nowhere and, and Oh, it's the trees are killing everybody. Yeah. Like, well, if I can, that's just dumb. Don't do that. Or like a, a Jeff Loeb mystery where, you yeah. know, in a, in a 12 part epic, you know, part 11 introduces a new character that, that may or may not be the actual killer. And you're like, what the fuck are you even doing? Like they, you're supposed to have everything you truly need, you know, like from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. By the, when you get to the end, you should want to read it again. So that you could pick up all the shit you didn't pick the first yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. You, you should slap yourself in the forehead and go, what the fuck? Like, I didn't see that at all. Oh, that's insane. That's so good. Yep. Oh, I love Agatha Christie. Uh, but yeah, Clue's good. It's good. I like it. Yeah. That's my, my final say on the word. It's near and dear to my heart. Thank you folks <laughs> for uh, following our trail today. Uh, uh, if you want to let us know how we did, hit us up. At email at geeksplorationpodcast.com. Give us your uh, your pluses, your negatives. You can make accusations um, or suggestions. Um, or you can find us on the social medias. Facebook, Geeksploration, the podcast page. Instagram, Geeksploration Podcast. Or Twitter at Pod. You can also call us at 916-ORC-TURD. That is 916-O-R-C-T-U-R-D. Like the turd of an orc. And talk some shit to us. Or tell us we're great. Yeah, tell tell me whether or not I'm I've lost my mind and there was a clue game with a gun. Yeah. Uh, and if you enjoyed today's episode, uh, go on to Apple Podcasts or maybe Podchaser and leave us a uh, five pewter candlestick review. Yeah. Uh, we've got uh, merch available at uh, shop.geeksplorationpodcast.com. And uh, Space Oddities is available on Drive Through Comics right now if you would uh, so like to purchase one. Yeah, we've got a digital there. We also, um, if as for right now, while we're looking for a place for our print um, option to live, um, if if you if you don't want to wait and you want a uh, a print copy in your hand, you just email us at spaceoddiescomic at gmail dot com, and um, we we can do PayPal or Venmo, and we'll ship one out to you. Yeah, and I think for those are gonna we're what they're what like five bucks plus shipping. Yeah, five bucks plus three bucks shipping. Rock and roll. Uh, and as always, our theme song is Cruising for Goblins by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. Until next time, I'm going to go home and sleep with my wife. <laughs> <laughs>